You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. We're about to face the most difficult challenge we've ever attempted. No other crew would have a chance to pull in this off. Let's give them a taste of what the Discovery is capable of. Klingons were honorable. Prove your worth. I accept your challenge, human. We have to abort now. We don't run from a fight. Brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly's Star Trek podcast, Chief Petty Officer Anthony Lewis, along with Lieutenant Commander Chief Science Officer Aurora Babalu. Hello, Aurora. Hello. And Fleet Admiral Ben Knight has returned from his earthbound excursion to obtain yet another captaincy. Uh, yeah. Captain of the Seas, Ben. How are I'm things engaged. going? Uh, I, I'm, well, I've recovered from said skipper course. Word to the wise, uh, doing uh, boat courses in the Mersey and off that bit of coast in November is <laughs> not the wisest thing I've ever done in my life. What's doing it? it when I already had uh, bruised coccyx from a, well, let's say nightclub-related incident the previous week was even less wise. But I've passed. I've got my ticket. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look. If anyone deserved the license, going through a, a yeah. sailing course in November in yeah. in England, yeah, it was uh, the advanced advanced course. Yeah. Well, they did say if I if I can do the maneuvers in that course in that weather, I can probably do them anyway. Yeah, it's you'll, true. Yeah, you'll, you'll be fine yeah. when it's warm. Yes, absolutely. Um, we are here to talk about the season one fall finale, mid-season finale of Star Trek Discovery. It is season one, episode nine, called Into the Forest I Go, which sounds like a really happy children's story. <laughs> it is not a, we did not get a happy children's story. Nope. Uh, but it was an interesting episode, so let's talk about what happened. Uh, Captain Lorca is ordered to flee Pavo before the Klingons arrive, but he disobeys orders to protect those Pavins uh, and their chances of detecting Klingon ships on top of it. So when the Klingons arrive, Tyler and Burnham transport to the Klingon ship and plant sensors that will help create an algorithm for detecting the the cloaking frequency i guess mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh they find an alive admiral cornwell hidden with laurel but encountering the latter sends ash tyler into shock now it says here because of it's like a ptsd thing from being tortured but yeah yeah i don't think he's really remembering that right more on that later uh, Lorca and Stamets uh, meet, and he tells uh, 
uh, Paul that he's going to have to make 133 micro jumps with the spore drive or the dash drive as Trek fans have now started calling it uh, in order to provide a three-dimensional reading of the sensors. Uh, this will allow them to to put together the uh, the Klingon cloaking detection thing much quicker than uh, than a normal ship would be able to do. Uh, Burnham distracts Cole, challenging him to a fight. Uh, the jumps are completed, though not without trauma to Stamets. When the algorithm is calculated, Burnham, Tyler, Cornwell, and Laurel, who wishes to defect, are transported back to Discovery, and the Klingon ship is destroyed. Stamets volunteers to make one more jump back to safety, but tells Lorca it has to be his last. However, Lorca changes the coordinates, and they jump to an unknown destination, surrounded by the debris from Klingon ships. Crazy, Ben. What did you make of <laughs> mm. uh, the fall finale? Um, I really liked it. I, I, the whole Pavo thing kind of disappeared in the narrative, didn't it? Um, mm-hmm. what, whatever happened to those those guys? Yeah, yeah who cares? Yeah. Who, who even cares? <laughs> uh, there were... I mean, they, they obviously... It's interesting this 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 show because they're, they're obviously battling against having to produce something that's sort of heavily saleable, having to contend with the weight of expectation and sort of primed derision from the various facets of the Star Trek fan base, and at the same time trying to do something a bit new. And I I thought this episode had a really solid balance of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of moments where I thought, oh, I, I, I just don't know what you're going to do here, and it, it all felt a little bit clumsy for a split second, but then it moved at a good enough pace to not let you dwell, um, with the exception of the power thing, where at the end I kind of thought, what happened then? Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it's good. I mean, pretty heavy on the um, on the the nerdy uh, Easter eggy type references here and there, but um, can live with that. It's good for a laugh, isn't it? Uh, we finally got the hint, and she say no more on this later, I'm sure, as to what really happened with Tyler and perhaps even who he is. Um, as if we didn't saw that already. Uh, solid. I I really enjoyed it. I and it did make me. Um, it did make me feel twitchy about the fact that we've got a little bit of a wait now until mm-hmm. the second half of the season well and, and it's it's interesting isn't it because i mean they knew that this is where the season break is they knew that at this stage you either keep people or you lose them especially when you're on s- subscription services uh, which obviously a lot of people viewing this will be mm-hmm. um i was i was worried for them that they might not be able to make this feel enticing enough for the casual viewer and i suspect they did yeah uh, Aurora, your thoughts on uh, the episode? I really liked it. Really, really liked it. Um, they did a lot of things that I thought that I wanted. One was they finally used a translator with the Klingons. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> We've heard them speak English a couple of times. But... A couple of times, but I- I've mentioned before that those scenes where they're actually split, speaking Klingon to me were kind of boring because it's mm. it's hard to like keep up with it. Mm. Um, and in this one, you know, we had the translator and I, I love that whole scene with uh, Michael and um, I can't remember the guy's cool. uh, name, but Cole um, fighting on the bridge. You see this tiny Michael trying to fight this huge Klingon. Yes. Um, 
and you can see her struggle but she you know she kept she kept dodging and um she used her um skills to distract him long enough yeah, i her, thought that was really nice Vulcan's an excellent scene yeah i I, uh, I i love everything about that cole had that bit where he's got captain georgiou's badge yes and he's just like it makes a great toothpick or something what a dick <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought it was funny though that they the the things that they were using to get the coordinates mm-hmm. were so bright and, and loud. loud. <laughs> <laughs> Not very black ops, was it? <laughs> yeah. So this is an excellent point. This is one of like the this is like one of those good nitpicks that Star Trek mm-hmm. fans come up with because they have to place these sensors at the front of the ship and at the back of the ship. Now. Uh, Basically, when Tyler sees Laurel and he, like, starts, like, freaking out, mm-hmm. he's sort of incapacitated and Burnham's like, I gotta do this on my own. She takes this huge sensor. Now, it appears that she's just kind of underneath them, like, not very far away from the Klingons at all. It feels like yes. it feels like she's surrounded by them. She pulls out this huge thing huge. and sets it down. I mean, it's not that huge, but it's big enough to, like, where was she even hiding this at? Um, yeah, to be something that's supposed to be sneaky, it was huge. And she sets it down, and it, like this light just it lights up. It looks like an Alexa. And it's not just... have gaffer tape in the future because you'd think they'd probably <laughs> yeah. just put some tape around the bulb, or yeah, yeah maybe just remove them. And then on, engineering, and then on, oh. yeah. And then on top of that, you get like the bleep, like sounds, and then it's like you know, calibrating to discovery sensors. You think the Klingons <laughs> would be like, what, 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 what's that? <laughs> Where's this light coming from? Did somebody turn the Alexa on? The the Klingon Alexa? Did somebody turn that on? Because you yeah, know we thought, hate I, that when we turn it on. And I thought it was odd also that before Tyler went all, you know, PTSD, he mm-hmm. Burnham and him, they, they're like walking through the ship and they're trying to be sneaky, but I felt like they were like really just walking around. There were no Klingons at all yeah. on that ship. They were all in the bridge. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was the sarcophagus ship, which is, I guess, supposed to be way bigger than all of the others. So maybe it was only partially crewed, I guess. guess. Maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I really like this episode a lot, too. Uh, This might even be my favorite of the season so far. Yeah, I'm thinking that. I I really liked how kind of all of the angles... Uh, sort of like built. They did a good job of kind of building to like a good cliffhanger thing, which uh, I guess you need to do when you're doing these sort of uh, uh, you know breaks. I guess that uh, you gotta you gotta end on a cliffhanger. Uh, I really enjoyed the. I actually really enjoyed the the scenes with Lorca and Stamets mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, that that scene where he was talking about like all the things that you can discover with the mycelial mycelial network and Stamets is like oh my god I didn't even know you cared about science stuff or right. exploration or whatever um, but this ties into so I, I guess let's first let's just say for the record that I'm pretty sure they confirmed the Tyler is Vok thing in this episode you say that although a lot of the, the i mean take people like den of geek and people like that are still very much referring to those flashback scenes uh, i mean there's a big rant in i think it was den of geek where they're talking about 
you know, this is um, maybe the third or fourth time that sci-fi has ever done a, a male rape story, and this right. was, you know, clearly was. And actually, I, mean, I suppose it's not impossible that it's both of those things, but it, they mm-hmm. seem to be, and a number of the other sites seem to be ignoring what I thought was fairly spelt out in those scenes. Yeah, it's it's very clear that Tyler is Vok, and Tyler doesn't know he's Vok anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like a sleeper. So yeah. he is sort of experiencing PTSD, but it's sort of a confusion. He's remembering being Vok, and he's mm. remembering being with Laurel intimately, but that's conflicting with you know him thinking that he's Tyler. So right. at that point in time, to Tyler, from Tyler's perspective, maybe that is what's happening, but mm. in actuality, I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening, and it was made even more clear when Tyler, after waking from the the dream he goes and sees Laurel in Mm -hmm. uh, the brig and she says something along the lines of like I won't let them hurt you yeah you know why would she say that to the guy she tortured and raped supposedly right it's not it's Vok and she Mm -hmm. loves Vok and she won't let anyone hurt Vok yes I thought that was all really clear but there Mm. were some places uh including some message boards I frequent and of course like you noted some websites like Den of Geek and otherwise that you know referred to it kind of as this thing and I'm like maybe they just haven't heard the theory or maybe that's one of those things that hasn't escaped the Trek fandom bubble like all the Trek fans have figured it out but if you're not in Mm. that bubble maybe they haven't figured it out yet yep although they did point out uh Den of Geek well just want to mention it they did spot I think one of the, the the best little Easter eggs from the whole thing. It's such a minor point, but you can tell it was deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, during I can't remember what point it was now, but there's an intercom uh, call during just in the background for it. But it's quite noticeable, which is what makes you think it was deliberate uh, for Cadet Decker. Oh which, yes. if you think about the timing of this, is almost certainly a reference to um, the Willard. first officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was in on the motion picture. picture. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was quite cute. Yeah. Well spotted, Den of Geek, though. Well done. And that's something, by the way, that, like, uh, Memory Alpha didn't even pick up on, which mm. is crazy. Like, that's, like, their job is to pick up on all the the little tiny notes and whatnot. Um, I want to touch on the other theory that has not been quite as prevalent. Uh, people just thought of it as a what-if, but it does feel like there's some more evidence to it now, which is Lorca isn't, like, this universe's Lorca. Like, maybe he's from the Mirror Universe or something yeah. along mm. those lines. Uh, because he does, somebody obviously did some, like, freeze frames on, like, one of Stamets' 133 jumps on the last jump. It says, o- overridden by Lorca, comma, G. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, they want him, he talks about, when he's talking to Stamets about the mycelial network, he's talking about how it you know, like looking at all the data, it looks like it can go into like other universes and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. This isn't the, f- uh, speaking of memory alpha, they know this is not the first time he's looked at it. Uh, he was also looking at it in the episode. Yeah. With Admiral mm-hmm. Cornwell. Uh, so that is in there as well. And they want him to return back to base to give him a medal. But, I the the I think the feeling here is that Lorca feels like they want to get rid of him, and he wants to go home because he does say "Let's go home," mm-hmm. but the last jump takes them somewhere else, not to the star base. Yeah, 
and they don't know where they are. Presumably the mirror universe, but it could be somewhere else as well. Uh, Unknown at this point, although Jonathan Frakes is directing the next episode and he did spill the beans about some mirror universe stuff uh, some months ago. So it could be, it could be all of those things. Uh, it could be none of them. It could just be that Lorca is a bad captain, and now that this war is almost over, uh, they're going to kick him to the curb, and he doesn't want to be kicked to the curb. Uh, yeah. So it could yeah. just be that. But it could be he's Mirror Universe Lorca, and he is trying to, in fact, get back home. Uh, you know, well, that's kind of a that's kind of a wait and see. Uh, all sorts of stuff was happening. Uh, all of the jumps with Stamets is finally taking a big toll on him. He mm-hmm. kind of was Gary Mitchelling out a little bit at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, like his, his, I mean, he didn't have like uh, disco ball eyes or anything like that, but like, you know, they were, they were glazing over with like white. And I think in the, the preview they have for next season, there's like a, or the, and not next season, but the, when the show returns in January, there's like a shot of him, like hurling uh Culber or somebody like chucking somebody across the yeah. room. Uh, so I don't know if he is going to be like uh, an Esper. I don't know if we're going to actually call them that uh, people is, with is enhanced he ESP be, abilities, but is he the, is he the, the thing that John Muir quote references? Do you think the title? Maybe. So it's well because the second half of it is into the forest. I go to lose my mind and find my soul, isn't it? So yeah. I wonder mm-hmm. if that was a reference to him or if it was a reference to Lorca. Maybe. I mean, he does talk about when he's in the middle of all of the jumps or whatever. He is talking about being in the forest. Right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, and he sounded all he sounded all weird. Uh, so they're finally <laughs> all weird on that. <laughs> all weird in that. Yeah. Well, well spoken. Uh, we should note for the sake of continuity, even though it's taken them probably way too long to do this, this is the first Star Trek episode to ever feature a romantic kiss between two men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took... 22 years ago, in case you're wondering, was the last, uh, if you're remembering Major Kira uh, in oh, DS9 yeah, yeah. in season four, that was 22 years ago <laughs> that uh, uh, she got the... it on with. Was it with herself? It was, wasn't it? It was with Ezri, I thought. Oh, Maybe that's right, that's herself. right, that's right. Uh, yeah. There was also the Rejoined episode with Dax, mm-hmm. where she mm-hmm. meets a former host who is, or a form, like a former husband who's now in a woman's body. Yep, yep. Uh, so that sort of happens. Although this was like, all of those you could sort of explain away as like mere universe, everyone's behavior is different, or Dax was really in love with a man, but she was in a woman's body and he right. didn't care. So. But this was like two straight up guys who are just guys who love each other. Yes. They actually had two really great moments. That moment was great. Mm. And when he was in the chamber and he just, you know, they just share an I love you back and forth was also mm-hmm. great. I love it. I love everything about them. I said before that Stamets is my favorite character in this show. Hands yeah. down. And I hated him in the first two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. despised him. But yeah, he's he's grown on me big time. Yeah, I, I, it's nice to see that. I don't know whether it's because so many people are finding so many other things to bitch about with the show, or whether it's you know just because we're now 2017 rather than 1997. But um, I like the fact that that scene hasn't caused the sort of usual mandatory shitstorm mm-hmm. that these things cause. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you know, I think the reason is there's a crossover between the people who would find that troubling and offensive and those who are, you know, still not over the fact that, um, you know, the main character of this show is a woman. Uh, yeah. They're still worried about that right now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> black. Know. Yeah. Don't Absolutely. Even... Yeah. 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 It's so yeah. many. There's so many other SJW concerns, Ben. I Absolutely. just don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can bother being cucked with this other scene. I don't know. I'm just trying to fit in all the words. Um <laughs> <laughs> there is uh hey look uh for all of for all of those straight guys out there this is the first star trek episode to ever show b- a bare-breasted woman although it was a klingon oh and my those god were yes probably i mean you'd have to freeze frame it again as well to see it but uh for about uh one second there is a topless klingon i actually uh, shouted i was when that happened i was like klingon boobs oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of all the things I would have never expected to see when this show started, that is like near the top of the list. <laughs> of like, didn't it, like to like once I heard there was going to be uh, more than one, like a like an actual uh, like a homosexual couple on the show. I'm like, oh well, then there's totally going to be like a scene where they get to kiss or show affection. Like I was totally expecting all of that stuff to be in the show actually would have been surprised if it never happened. Right. So that they did, that wasn't a surprise. I was just kind of like, you know, well, good about time. Klingon breasts though. <laughs> Top of the list of like, just never expected to see that. Well, I don't forget. We've seen, we've seen quite a lot of Klingon breasts over the years. Um, it's just never, you know, never, never with nipple. Um, yeah. Right. You I was do, say, like, remember Larson the Bator are always constantly hanging out of their, their Klingon yeah. armor yes. at, at all times. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sort of happened. And and I guess we saw Belana Torres from behind taking a sonic shower. So we, we've seen sort of-ish. <laughs> See, I don't remember that's clearly etched on your memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a, I was a younger man, Ben. It was, yeah. it was very impressionable. impressionable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th- there have been, there have been things, but not, not quite, not quite like that. Uh, yeah. So I was like, I was pretty surprised. I'm like, wow, they went relatively graphic with that. <laughs> More than I expected. They did, yeah. Uh, so another first for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. All in one episode. Uh, so yeah, I was really happy with uh, with the episode this week. Do we, do we want to do uh, scores? Or Ben, would you, or would you like to comment on uh, the Orville this week? Have you had a chance to see it? I have. Um uh, again, the Orville. I mean, it had tough competition this week because uh, Discovery was at the top of its game as well. But yeah, the I Orville like, was. I feel like Discovery actually had the better episode, it, but it, I really it liked did. Orville. It did in the sense that the timing, the pacing of uh, of the Orville was unusually actually slightly off this week. Uh, I felt there were a couple of you know got time to look down at your phone type moments, uh, which is not something I generally is say is true of the orville um solid episode excellent performance by i've forgotten her name uh plays the doctor um mm, oh. yeah penny johnson that's it um superb performance by her uh and actually that's one of the things really i was i was thinking what's my sort of highlight of that show from from this week because i think that's about to start season break as well um and I think my highlight of it may be her performance from the start because first couple of episodes she's very much sort of supporting cast but she's had a few standout moments in this week uh, a couple of weeks ago as well when she was um, was it might have been last week actually when she was uh, held prisoner on that planet and stuff yeah um, was, that, that was uh, two weeks ago last week was the 
Last week was the love drunk episode where Rob Lowe guest starred. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a bit. Of, it was a bit of froth. It was fun. Um, blue froth, of course. But the uh, <laughs> ew. Uh, yeah, I, I think her performances. In fact, it characterizes that whole show that there are people who get that it's a comedy show, get that it's a, um, you know, a sort of tongue-in-cheek homage to TNG era Star Trek, but they can still pull off a solid, watchable thing because that joke would get old so fast if they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still loving the Orville. Yeah, me too. Uh, and this was like a, a an Alara episode. I think this is like her second episode. Uh, yeah. Well, may- maybe her second episode where she's had, this was maybe like her first A-story episode, but she's like the young security officer who uh, is like super strong, but also super inexperienced. And they're doing this story with her where she's sort of kind of coming into her own through a series of a couple of episodes. Uh, her dad was played by Robert Picardo. So the doctor from oh, Star yes, Trek Voyager yeah. uh, was playing her dad. Uh, so that was all. That was all fun. It was a good episode. They they had a death in the episode, and uh, they played it mostly serious. Yeah, there was the, the, the like, eulogy had some comedy in it, but it was it was sort of you know self referential. So that was yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, and and the whole thing really affected the the whole story was her feeling like she could have saved this guy's life. Uh, although it turns out she couldn't, like nothing she would have done could have saved him really, but that doesn't stop her from feeling like it was her fault and putting herself you know that, through these trials to sort of prove her worth to everybody else and to herself. It was a good episode. It was. The only thing that slightly took me out of it, actually, involving her scenes, was the fact that they, they did that thing, and I know it's a reference to TNG because they used to do it all the time in TNG too, where they linger on emotional response face for like a beat and a half too long. Mm-hmm. So she had like a solid 15 seconds in that episode of having to do angry or upset or shocked face with, yeah. you know, the sort of the tension music underneath before the um, fade to black. Mm-hmm. And it was just each time was that little bit too long. I know it was deliberate. I know it was a, yeah. you know, a, a reference to it. But a couple of times I thought, OK, you've made the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, actually, you know, what I want to note also before we uh, before we end up signing off for the remainder of 20 20- what year are we in? 17? I don't know. It all feels like one big blur after Trump got elected. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, the year that will go down in history, well, as that year that that happened, yeah. I'm like, is it still 2017? Is it 2018 yet? Um, the, <laughs> I want to note uh, I want to note that uh, Star Trek continues release their last episode, their final episode. Their, their series is done. Uh, mm. I don't know if anybody else has watched it. Has, has anyone else watched it other than me in the group? Yeah, I've watched. I've not been not like sort of religiously, but every now and again I'll go back and watch bits of it and whatnot. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's sad they, you know, they did really well for a long time. Aurora, have you ever seen any episodes of this program? No, nope. uh, inter- this internet program. Uh, you should go out of your way to see it if you uh, enjoy original series Star Trek. Uh, right. This is probably. The creme de la creme of fan film projects. Oh, without a as, doubt, yeah. Uh, it features mostly professional actors in it. Uh, none of them are like big time, big. Ni- although they do have some. Although they have had some more prominent guest roles. Uh, Jamie Bamber, who is Apollo in Battlestar Galactica, guested for an episode. Uh, Colin Baker, who is of course the sixth Doctor. Yeah. 
uh, guested in an episode. They've had uh, uh, John Delancey, who is Q, was mm-hmm. in episode nine. They've done uh, so. They did nice. eleven episodes. Uh, it is a stunningly and George Takei, of course, has been in it as well. Was Takei in an episode of this? Wasn't it? I, he was in. No, he was in. Phase oh no, two. he was in. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he was in. Phase, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a highly accurate recreation of the original series, not just from like a set standpoint, but like the camera angles they use, the lighting, the music, that even the acting is like, they're not exactly doing pantomime of the characters. There's a little bit of a spin, but it's pretty close. And I would say almost all of the, uh, and you can find out, you can just Google them. All of the episodes are available on like YouTube or Vimeo. You can watch them all for free. It was Star Trek methadone to a lot of people uh, during the massive gaps between mm-hmm. Star Trek franchises. Yes. So the idea is that the original series mm-hmm. had a five-year mission, and the way that Star Trek continues is treating it is that they had three seasons on TV, and they treat the, I guess, the, the animated series as the fourth Mm-hmm. year and so their idea was to do 11 episodes to complete the fifth year of the mission with the final episode tying into the motion picture so yeah. this way there is a bridge between the end of the original series and the beginning of Star Trek the motion picture so the ending of the final episode was sort of a putting everybody in starting positions for the motion picture uh sort of cuz obviously I haven't seen was, this yet so the they'd actually do uh, I mean, so as long as you get past the fact that a lot of the end of the episode is putting everybody in starting positions for the motion picture, Mm -hmm. uh, they do an extremely good job of sort of closing out TOS and moving into the the movie phase. Uh, Are you saying it feels a bit contrived, though? No, no, no. I actually thought it was... I actually thought it was really good. They didn't go... Uh, they didn't go over the top. So you see uh, uh, Kirk at the end in his Admiral uniform that they have from the motion picture. Uh, you see the Enterprise floating into that uh, that construction bay over Earth from the motion mm-hmm. picture for its refit. All of this stuff was very well executed and recreated. Nice. Uh, so you've got all of this stuff. There's, you know, McCoy, af- you know, McCoy after everything that's happened is leaving to go spend time with his daughter, Spock, is going back to Vulcan because some traumatic stuff happens uh, in the episode that has him questioning himself. And obviously in the motion picture, he's back on Vulcan and he wants to go through Colonar. I'm watching this tonight. I decided (laughs) I'm watching this tonight. Uh, So it's a a two-parter if you want to catch them both. Episode 10 and 11 are two-parter. Which you can can just watch on their own. It's called To Boldly Go, parts one and two. But... Uh, they did do 11 episodes, and uh, all of them are really good for the most part. Uh, some of them are very good. I, I felt like uh, it was surprising how much some of those episodes lived up to me, for me, like what I imagine original series Star Trek to be. I think they did a really good job of capturing a lot of that. So if that's like a thing you like, if you enjoy original series Star Trek, Star Trek Continues is worth... Uh, watching. Uh, it'll probably take you a little bit of time to get used to everybody not being the characters from the TV show. I got uh, over that pretty quick, though. I mean, yeah. they are good enough to to yeah. look past it, aren't they? There's only one person that really sticks out because yeah. he's 
relatively famous, and that is uh, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters is playing Sulu. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he sticks out because you constantly see like, oh, that's Grant from Mythbusters. Like, oh, what myth are they going to bust this week, guys? Uh, especially doesn't help because they did the Kirk Gorn myth about yeah. the about the cannon he shoots at the Gorn. Could you actually make a thing like that work? So if you watch enough of the episodes, though, he, he sort of blurs in. It, it never it never fully goes away, but it gets better. Uh, as it goes, and of course, the to me the person I think that I like the best is Chris Dewan, who is playing his father's role of Scotty because he like crushes it. He does like the voice perfectly. I find uh, I really like it. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not it's not like full on Star Trek, a hundred percent pure, but it's I mean, you know it's about as good as you're gonna get. Yeah, it's uh, solid. From like a non-authorized, uh, from a non-authorized production. Although, you know what? To be honest, at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if CBS is like, you know, we'll just throw it up on the all-access thing because why not? It's it's the high enough production quality. I was about to say that would be a really nice payoff to the guys who made it as well. Pay them a little mm-hmm. bit of money for it and let them take it because they they have worked so yeah. hard on that show. Yeah, yeah, for keeping the dream alive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely it's definitely better than like community theater level uh, stuff, <laughs> which which can't always be said of all of the episodes of the original series. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say you can't say that for every episode, especially in that third season. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, before we give scores, we gotta f- uh, thank the uh, the good people of Think Geek. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek or uh, cinemageekly.com and click the Think Geek link at the top of the page. Uh, you know, this would have this item actually would have come in much more handy earlier than than now because we have to wait. Stick it in the uh, in the messages. I want to see this. At least, I always uh, like to look at these. At least a month and a half uh, until we get to to see more Star Trek. But it is the uh, Star Trek Kirk's Commander Chair Beanbag. Who doesn't want like a beanbag nice. chair of? Now, according to... Can I just point out, my brother, I've since discovered, listens to this podcast, and, well, it may be that he now knows what he's getting for Christmas. Take a look, Tim, have a look. Now, to oh, be oh, fair, I... to be fair, the fine folks over at ThinkGeek, whom I would never, ever apply the label of cheap to, <laughs> uh, are only selling this as the cover for $49.99. Apparently, you need to buy your own fill, your own beans for your beanbag uh, chair. They recommend uh, 500 to 600 liters or 18 to 21 cubic feet. Apparently, that sounds like a lot, but I guess the stuff is really cheap to buy. So, yeah. You know you can get some high-back bucket seat covers for your car in the Star Trek Delta logo (laughs) as well on that same page. I just want to point that out. Can you? Yeah, Yeah. you can. Look at that. Check that Um, out. And the the guy in the photograph on this uh, captain's chair has phoned it the hell in, though, hasn't he? Look at him. There he is, sat in the chair (laughs) with with a a, a original series uh, top on, but wearing jeans jeans and and some really... New Balance shoes. Yeah, yeah, but like scruffy New Balance shoes as well. (laughs) Dude, I did better than that when I was in that bloody exhibition in Blackpool. Uh, you sure did, sir. It made it was good enough to make the cover art for this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I would love something like this, though. My fear is that I would never leave it. Like it would yeah. just be one of those yeah. things where it's too comfortable. It's like That's well, Jen's it's... fear, not yours, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, well, I just get the feeling that it'd be like, well, I finished Star Trek, but, you know, it's so maybe I'll just play some video games for a little while. And then the next thing you know, it's morning and, oh, my God, the kids are off to school and I should have slept. Uh, you know what, though? I feel like this chair might be comfortable enough. You can just sleep in it, too. Maybe I just never leave it. I just live yeah. in it for the rest of my it looks, life. It looks the, control really panel, yes. the control panels on this uh, chair include a communications button and speaker, a visual display, buttons and lights for yellow alert, red alert, and to jettison a pod, and plenty of other unspecified buttons. Yeah, there's a lot of those on Star Trek panels. Uh, and lights to designate as you wish. Where is the bring me a soda button? Well, uh, who, who knows? <laughs> I would like one of those buttons, please. Mm. Uh, apparently it's um, I like the product specifications <laughs> uh, officially licensed Star Trek merchandise provides a location from which to command, that's a feature of it next feature, for natural leaders and those who beat the Kobashi uh, uh, Maru includes cover, he's playing for blah, blah, blah. it's just they like, throw in stuff in there but I, uh, I thoroughly like uh, that this chair is only for people who have beaten the Kobayashi Maru yeah <laughs> uh, like one person can only sit in this chair ever. I mean, only one person's done it. Yeah, <sighs> yep. you can cheat and do yourself. But yeah. oh, perhaps. Uh, it's it's for people who've beaten the Kobayashi Maru, or for those who have fifty dollars American exactly. to spend. <laughs> I, I would suspect <laughs> that although they have their Snail Space International Express, Express shipping, um, <laughs> some some people may have noticed that for a limited time only, there is free International Express shipping on orders over two hundred dollars using the code Free Ship Two Hundred, uh, which works even if you've gone through the Cinema Geekly thing. Uh, you can do that. You can order whilst you're there the Marvel um, Thor Hammer Tool Set, which there you go, Ben. Uh, have, I guess. Uh, the Stranger Things action figure three pack. I mean, there's some damn yeah, fine to, stuff on here. Yeah, yeah. Time to but, share up that Christmas list right I'm now. Just, I'm just saying right now that there's the R2D2 coffee press, which um, I think Glenn, who people may know from off of, was it this show or the main show? Whichever it was, he may yes. like that. Um, and also the Star Wars Death, but the Death Star USB wall charger. If you can't find enough tat that will end up in a landfill in four years' time on this webpage, then <laughs> frankly, you're what? not looking hard enough. What Ben is saying is that while he's going to get his brother this chair, he needs yeah. to find in- enough product to warrant the $200 free shipping. <laughs> exactly. So I've already be done buying- it. I think what you're saying is that you'll be buying all of us here Christmas gifts, and we thank you in advance. All, all I'm saying is, in the time we've had this conversation, I may or may not have already bought a Star Wars Death Star waffle, waffle maker. It's hard to know whether I've done it or not. <laughs> no one will know for sure. Some of this ex- stuff is awesome. Ex- except for the fine folks at Think Geek. They know for sure. Cindyweekly.com slash thinkgeek. Aurora, what would you, uh, any final thoughts on Into the Forest I Go? And uh, what would you give it? Um, I just wanted to say that I I also like this episode a lot because it felt like the way that that it ended, it felt like this whole season was an introduction, like a first episode. And now that they are, you know, like maybe in a pearl universe, it feels like that's where the short, where the show is gonna really start. You know what that's I mean? A really good point. Yeah, perhaps. Um, yeah. So I, I like that fact that they, you know, use this a couple of episodes to that kind of like introduces to the crew and what's going on. And now mm-hmm. I'm excited because it feels like the show is about to start. Um, so yeah, I am gonna give it. This is my first five. Wow, five. Yes. yes. Congratulations, Star Trek Discovery. Yes, I really liked it. 
your first one your first one of the year <laughs> i'm still eagerly awaiting like now that they're in this i'm gonna presume parallel universe i'm now waiting for like ships to show up and they all have jelly bean buttons and <laughs> 1960s aesthetics and they just find out they jumped to the actual prime timeline from wherever oh, it was that they beautiful. were beautiful <laughs> just just waiting for it to happen i don't CGI know cgi young kirk yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> Netflix, they're, hey, they're working on Netflix money for this first season. It's so, true. yeah, you yeah. know, they've Netflix has got some cash on hand, so I'm sure they could shell out for some of that crazy CGI that uh, Marvel's been using lately to de-age all of their actors. So, uh, Ben, uh, how about you? What would you, any final thoughts and what would you give? Uh, uh, well, nine? that's, I, I, I'm impressed. Aurora's managed to... Um, I said earlier on that the the end of this uh, first part of the season made it feel like you you know you were waiting for the second half of the season to start already, mm-hmm. and actually you've just added to that because you you've just put into words exactly what I was thinking about it, which is it feels like they've g'd up the anticipation in this episode, um, and thunder well and truly stolen when I say yeah I had five in mind for this and five it is yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. I would have felt so weird if I was the only one who gave this episode a five this week. <laughs> uh-huh. Clean sweep. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna. It's like I get. I know. I I know. I said five when I was done watching this episode. But if they're like four or three and a half, I'm gonna change my score so I don't look dumb. It's peer pressure, man. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna give it. Uh, but now I loved. I loved this episode. It was easily my favorite of the season. And all of the things that it felt like maybe they were taking too long to start putting into gear. Uh, Not only did they start putting it into gear, but they did it in a way that I feel like they didn't give us... They gave us just enough, not too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, They found a great balance. They didn't hold back, but they didn't give us way too much too soon. Uh, And they, they left us with a really good cliffhanger, which did its job. Um... I actually was going to. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm uh, I'm lucky in this regard, uh, and I'm cheap. I was going to discontinue my CBS All Access uh, subscription for the month of December because I'm like, well, there's no Star Trek, so I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's literally only one month, but otherwise, it would, you know, whatever. It's like a seven bucks or six a bucks or whatever month, that though. we can. Yeah, we can put to some other use somewhere else. But uh, when I went to cancel it, they're like, oh, hey, don't do that. We'll give you another free month. So Ooh, I'm good that's, until, that's good to know. I'm good <laughs> I was about to say, that's a top tip. Cancel it uh, Cancel it via the website Okay. Uh, if you have it. I've, I've talked to some other people who canceled via the apps on their phone or on their consoles. And it was just like, oh, well, let us know when you're coming back. Mm. And it just left them with nothing. I canceled via the website, and they're like, hey, have a free month on us. So uh, I'm covered until uh, January when the show returns. So I don't, nice. I don't know about you, Aurora, but that's what I would do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that right now after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, CBS.com. <laughs> everybody cancel your subscriptions. Netflix can, can, sit, uh, can, can you know, continue to hammer the living shit out of me by putting up the price every 20 seconds. But um, <laughs> I'm guessing if I said, okay, Netflix, I'm, I'm leaving this abusive relationship that we have, and Netflix will say, okay, fine, don't let the you know, door hit your ass on the way out, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially now. Point, as- they're like, yeah, who cares? Uh, sorry to lose your business. Yeah, you get texts that oh, says like... Oh, you've got a 4K like, account. Oh, well, never mind. We don't really have much of that anyway. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. 
it, the text on the screen says "Sorry to lose your business," and then in parentheses it says "Not really." Yeah, like it's so, even their goodbye message is sarcastic. They don't. No, it, care. it says that, and then twenty minutes later, you just get an email that just says "Burn" across it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. we're real. We're real sorry to lose your your seven a month or whatever. <laughs> seven. I wish it still was seven a month. Good lord, no. Has it it gone up? Yeah, the 4K uh, one is... I don't don't want to know how much I'm paying them. I know it's more than it ought to be. Anyway. But they're providing so much content. They are, and I haven't even watched the second season of Stranger Things yet, so, you know. My goodness. Well, remember, I wasn't enamored of the first one. I thought it was somewhat self-indulgent nostalgia with a very, very loose bit of plot buried in it and not actually very good so i'm very i'm no i'm looking forward to the things i've heard about this season have made me think that i might be rather more into it so yeah it's a a great season uh well aurora and i's journey of talking into microphones to each other over the internet has not ended thanks to netflix because we've got the punisher we're gonna Mm -hmm. end up talking about soon so and we've got Uh, some who soon Oh, that's right, Doctor Who. We're going to be mm-hmm. back with uh, Who Made Who in December with the Christmas special, which they've just released a clip for, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, if they have. Also, actually, just before I forget, on the subject of while we're talking about money-saving tips and things, um, those who are fans of Big Finish uh, Productions, the Doctor Who audio um, plays, uh, there is, at the moment, I presume you can access it internationally, um, 99 for 99, uh, which is a promotion they're running where they have 99 episodes across all of the Doctor Who um, various different franchises. So you've got some of the Destiny of the Doctor ones, which are the same universe and supporting cast, but don't feature the particular Doctor. So you'll have like Rose Tyler in it, but no uh, Tenant or whatever. Uh, you've also got the the Dalek episodes and stuff as well, which are same universe but no Doctor. But if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the list, uh, probably the last maybe 30, maybe 35 of them are main series um, uh, actual Doctor episodes and there's some cracking episodes in the cell, they've really picked some good ones and the 99 is, they are, instead of being like sort of 30 quid uh, an episode they are now 99 pence an episode, so do you know what, even if you've got That's long cheap. drives yeah, if you've got long drives over the over the holidays or whatever else um, oh, stock up on those, they're, they're all good value and the best thing is you get to um, you don't have, you don't have to look at Sylvester McCoy when he's hamming it up in these says you can just hear him <laughs> roll every R, um, <laughs> and you don't have to look at Colin Baker so he in your mind can still look like Colin Baker rather than um, <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, which is slightly more closely resembles now. Indeed, yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can see like full size Colin Baker in that Star Trek Continues episode. You can, you can indeed. He's, he's full sized. Um... <laughs> So they, wow, we're full of money saving top a, tips a, this show. What a weird what a weird way to end this on, talking about <laughs> how large Colin Baker has gotten over the years. Uh, didn't expect the Star Trek podcast to end that way. But uh here we are nonetheless. Uh go find us on cinemageekly.com, listen to the archives of I'm a Doctor Not a Podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search for I'm a Doctor Not a Podcast, hit subscribe. And uh boy, that's it for the mm-hmm. year of twenty seventeen. But uh, it won't be long into 2018. The show returns January 7th, and uh, we will be back shortly thereafter to talk Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 10, called Despite Yourself. Despite Yourself.